98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. The government is told that the resignation of a Chamber of Commerce boss should be a wake-up call on COVID policy. However, there's a renewed call for pilots to have to serve time in quarantine hotels. And further talks between striking food delivery drivers and management at Food Panda fail to settle their differences. An economic scholar says the resignation of the head of the American Chamber of Commerce should serve as a wake-up call for the SAR government. Tara Joseph told the Reuters news agency she was quitting because she didn't feel she could appeal to the administration to ease its COVID-19 travel restrictions at a time when she was undergoing quarantine. Kevin Choi, an associate professor at Clemson University in the US, says officials should rethink the requirement that travellers spend up to 21 days in a hotel. If other countries are doing the same thing, then, then we're not that in a disadvantaged position. But given the fact that other countries, they're trying to open the border, I mean, including even, even countries like uh, Singapore, which is our competitor, that, that's really an additional factor that, that make uh, foreign companies to reconsider whether they should uh, have the headquarter in Hong Kong or in Singapore or other, other, other countries. The government has said its priority is to resume quarantine-free travel with the mainland. A spokeswoman for the chamber confirmed that Ms Joseph was stepping down and said it was saddened by her decision. She said a date for her departure had not been set and the board will launch a global search for a new president. An infectious disease expert, Joseph Tsung, has repeated his call for the government to consider extending quarantine rules further to cover pilots arriving in Hong Kong. He made the comment after Cafe Pacific said it would require its pilots to stay home for three days after returning from a trip to prevent the spread of COVID-19. Dr Tsung said there's still a risk of community transmission if pilots infect family members. He said it would be safer for the government to order pilots to stay at designated quarantine hotels. Hong Kong Disneyland says it will be closed today to ensure that employees can complete a COVID test. Yesterday, the government ordered anyone who'd been at the park between 11 in the morning and 6 in the evening on Sunday to take a test by tomorrow. The park said it was acting out of an abundance of caution. Food Panda management and courier representatives look set to meet again tomorrow after failing to agree a deal to avoid further strike action following hours of talks. Workers are protesting over the food delivery platform's decision to cut delivery fees and suspensions triggered by customer complaints. Wasak Fida helped manage industrial action at the weekend, which disrupted deliveries in Chim Sha Choi and Tokwa Wan. They are not promising. They are giving us good offers, uh, some incentives and some bonuses, but we are not agree on the bonuses. We need some surety for our basics. Bonuses like just for the company competition with other companies. When they need it, they, they give us bonus. So we don't need the bonus. So we're asking for our basic surety. Earlier this week, Food Panda said cutting base service fees for certain districts did not necessarily mean workers would earn less. India's Pollution Control Authority has extended a partial lockdown in the capital Delhi and its suburbs as it attempts to tackle the heavy smog enveloping the region. Schools and colleges, which have already been closed for over a week, will remain shut until further notice. The BBC's Naresh Kaushik has the details. In a late-night order, the Commission for Air Quality Management issued a number of far-reaching directives to the local governments in Delhi and neighbouring states. 
In addition to closing places of education indefinitely, it ordered a halt to all known essential construction work and the closure of half of the thermal power plants in Delhi and neighboring towns until Sunday. The government recently admitted in the Supreme Court that just breathing the air in Delhi is like smoking 20 cigarettes a day. Financial crime investigators in India have arrested the property tycoon Ladit Goyal in connection with a money laundering case. Mr Goyal is managing director of the real estate group IREO. Investigators allege it moved more than $75 million of homebuyers' money, investments and shareholdings to offshore trusts before dispersing the funds so they would be impossible to trace. Police in New Zealand say at least two sets of human remains have been photographed deep inside a coal mine, almost 11 years after a series of explosions which killed 29 men. Cameras also picked up what may be a third body in a tunnel connecting the entrance of the mine to the coal seams. However, they say the location means there is no chance of recovery. The Pike River mining disaster took place in New Zealand's South Island in November 2010. Detective Superintendent Peter Reid is from New Zealand Police. This is only two days away from the 11th anniversary of the mine explosion and I'd certainly like to acknowledge the families of all the men. It's a really stark reminder of the pain and the loss but they add to a, a picture of the investigation and hopefully they'll go towards adding some answers to the families. A jury in the United States has begun considering its verdicts in the case of a teenager who shot dead two men and injured another during racial justice protests last year in Wisconsin. For Conservatives, the trial is, seen to, is being seen as a test of the right to bear arms, while Liberals see the defendant, Kyle Rittenhouse, as a symbol of a gun culture out of control. The BBC's Nomia Iqbal is at the trial in Kenosha. For the defence, this is a clear case of self-defence. They say that Carl Rittenhouse uh, used his gun because he was being ambushed by, and I quote what the defence said, a crazy person. For the prosecution, uh, Carl Rittenhouse was an armed vigilante who inserted himself into a very volatile situation in Kenosha, a town that he's not from, and uh, was instigated the only killings that happened, whereas the defence uh, say that he was uh, ambushed. If he is convicted of the most serious charge he could face life in jail the case has been so politically divisive there are already protesters outside uh, on the court steps and the governor here has ordered the national guard to be on standby in case any protests turn violent American journalist Danny Fenster has reunited with his family in New York following his imprisonment by Myanmar's junta for six months. He was managing editor of the magazine Frontier Myanmar until he was arrested in May by the military regime. Last week, he was sentenced to 11 years in prison. On Monday, he was pardoned and freed. He arrived yesterday in New York with the man who helped secure his freedom, the former senior U.S. diplomat Bill Richardson. Mr. Fenster spoke at a press conference describing his time in prison. I got myself into trouble there trying to uh, push boundaries, and that caused small confrontations. I wanted to sleep with the lights off. They wanted the lights on, so we would have a little tug of war about that. Things like that, small things, stupid things. I, I came in there at first with an attitude that I'm not going to be here very long and I'm going to stand my ground. Uh, and it didn't take too long to figure out that I didn't have a whole lot of ground to stand on. 
Polish police say seven officers have been injured in clashes on the border with Belarus as a group of migrants attempted to cross into Poland. Border guards used tear gas and water cannon as migrants tried to break down a fence. The president of the Polish Centre for International Aid, Dr. Wojciech Wilk, said his foundation was trying to help those trapped in the border region as temperatures continue to drop. There are multiple cases of hypothermia. There are uh, deteriorations of pre-existing conditions such as diabetes. There are various cases of trauma. And well, very often the medical teams, we are receiving distress calls from the middle of the wood. Sometimes we have to track for 30, 40 minutes off the tarmac road to reach the people in need. Armenia says it has reached a ceasefire along with Azerbaijan following deadly clashes along their shared border earlier on Tuesday. The BBC's Warren Bull has more. The Russian government said its defence minister, Sergei Shoigu, had brokered an end to the hostilities during separate talks with his counterparts from Armenia and Azerbaijan. The defence ministry said the situation in the mountainous border region was now calm. Earlier, Armenia accused the Azeri military of killing at least 15 of its soldiers and destroying two security posts. The Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan said Azerbaijan had started aggressive acts on November the 12th and that it had occupied about 40 square kilometres of Armenian territory. But Azerbaijan said it was Armenia whose troops attacked Azeri positions. A survey by the United Nations has found half of all young people in Bosnia and Herzegovina want to leave the country. The UN Population Fund warned that 47% of adults under the age of 30 plan to migrate, driven predominantly by the lack of economic prospects in the small Balkan state and continuing political instability. John Kennedy Masotti is a UN spokesman in Bosnia. If left unaddressed, first we will have no tangible progress that will be made immediately. And we may reach a point of no return where those who remain in the country will be too few to be able to affect any meaningful change. And we talk about politically, socioeconomically, and it will be difficult for us to be able to reverse the course. The Senate, the Senate in Chile has rejected a proposal to impeach President Sebastian Piñera over allegations involving the sale of a copper and iron mine. The impeachment request was approved last week by the lower house of Congress, but the opposition failed to get the two-thirds majority it needed in the Senate. The BBC's Jane Chambers reports. The proceedings were launched as part of the Pandora Papers leak, which affected high-profile politicians and business people around the world. His critics say that new evidence shows Mr Piñera gained financially from the sale of the Dominga Mining Company during his first term as president in 2010. He denies any wrongdoing. Chileans will vote in presidential elections on Sunday, in which the president is not a candidate because he can't run for a second consecutive term. But his supporters say that the left-wing opposition is trying to smear his name and undermine the right-wing contenders ahead of the election, which is dividing the nation between far-right and left-wing candidates. Authorities in New York have announced that they're bringing back the crowds to the famous New Year's celebration in the city's Times Square. They say spectators over the age of five will have to show proof of vaccination, while those who can't be vaccinated must test negative for COVID. Last year, the celebration took place with only essential workers and invited guests present to see the, night, the, to see the midnight ball drop. New York Mayor Bill de Blasio made the announcement. We love New Year's Eve in Times Square. We want it to be big. We want it to be full of life. We want it to be a great New York celebration. Guess what, everyone? 
a big, strong, full-strength celebration. It's coming back this New Year's Eve, Times Square. Everyone come on down. We're celebrating. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,623. That's 91 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $62 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 114.88 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 12 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 44 cents. To sports, and we start with football. China's football team kept their slim hopes of making next year's World Cup after earning a one-all draw against Australia in their Group B qualifier played in the UAE. Australia enjoyed a half-time lead through Matthew Duke, but the national team hit back with a penalty from the Espanol striker Wu Lei. China remains second from bottom, seven points outside the top two spots for automatic qualification. Japan have overtaken Australia into second place. Junya Ito scored the only goal of the game in Japan's win against Oman. The leaders, Saudi Arabia, beat Vietnam 1-0. There were wins for the top two in Group A. The leaders, Iran, defeated Syria 3-0. South Korea beat Iraq also by a score of 3-0. In European qualifying, the Netherlands clinched the final automatic place thanks to late goals from Steven Bergwin and Memphis Depay in a 2-0 win over Norway. Turkey and Ukraine will go through to a playoff if they're to qualify. Details from the BBC's Andy Barwell. Netherlands booked their place at the World Cup finals in Qatar thanks to a 2-0 victory against Norway, who missed out on next year's tournament as a result. Late goals from Tottenham Hotspur player Steven Bergwijn and Barcelona's Memphis Depay ensured that the Dutch claimed top spot in Group G. Manchester City's Kevin De Bruyne scored for Belgium, who already made it through to Qatar from Group E. It was a 1-1 draw in Wales, and that result was enough for the Welsh to have home advantage in March when it comes to the playoff matches in Europe. And Group D winners France finished off with a 2-0 victory in Finland. The scorers Karim Benzema and Kylian Mbappe. Zhou Guanyu is to become the first Chinese driver in Formula One after signing to race for Alfa Romeo next season. The 22-year-old from Shanghai replaces Antonio Giovanazzi and will team up with Valeri Bottas, who is leaving Mercedes. Alfa Romeo described their new signing as a trailblazer who will write a pivotal page in China's motorsport history. Frederic Vasseur is the team principal. If you consider on the top that it will be uh, be the first Chinese driver in F1, the real one, let's say, mega news, it's a mega news for, for us, for the company, uh, for our sponsors, and also for the F1 in general. And the weather, mainly fine, moderate east to northeasterly winds, occasionally fresh offshore. The outlook, sunny periods in the next few days, and it will be warm during the day, becoming appreciably cooler next week. The temperature now is 25 degrees with the humidity at 65%. To end the news, the top stories once again. The government is told that the resignation of a Chamber of Commerce boss should be a wake-up call on COVID policy. However, there's a renewed call for pilots to have to serve time in quarantine hotels. And further talks between striking food delivery drivers and management at Food Panda fail to settle their differences. The news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Sadia Usmani. Yup, I'm sitting in for Noreen again today and I hope you are well. It's always nice to be on the hot seat. We kicked off the show with Frau Williams and Crave and we've got quite a lot on the programme. Let me just tell you, on the show today, just after 1.30, I talked to Carol Zito, CEO of Save the Children Hong Kong. And we find out more about how they are launching a new campaign on World Children's Day, which is actually the 20th of November, to stop verbal abuse of children. After 2 p.m., we hear from the Yama Foundation, one of the projects that Operation Santa will be raising money for this year. And at 2.30, Cruzanne McCalligan joins me for her weekly audio column. Today, her chosen subject is small talk. <laughs> the art of chitty-chatting or having a good chinwag, as I would say.